Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Leadership Lean In. This month's episode, we are so thrilled that you've joined us. Hey, I really want to thank everyone that has subscribed, whether it be on Apple or YouTube. Thank you so much for the comments. Thank you so much for rating it. It helps us so much. Thank you for posting about it on social media. That means the world to me personally. When I see you posting about it and you're like, this one was... I love the emojis, you know, the fire emoji, the pounded emoji. I just want to say thank you so much. It really helps us and helps us get the word out about uh, Leadership Lean In. Now, remember, this whole podcast is about leaning in to the subject of leadership. One of my favorite, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but one of my favorite verses out of the book of Proverbs, and it basically says, if you lean into wisdom, wisdom will lean into you. We are leaning into the subject of leadership because at the end of the day, we just want to get a little bit better at becoming the leaders that we're supposed to be. So today, you are in for some sort of treat. I have with me from Sweet Home, Alabama, the lead pastor of Church of the Highlands, Pastor Chris Hodges, is in the come on. I, I would I would say house, but in the studio, in the podcast studio today. Thank you so much, sir. So thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. This is unbelievable. Yeah, here we a... are in Los Angeles. What have you? Right? Yeah, it's awesome. This is this is this is so special for us to have you. Yeah, Pastor Chris is in town speaking at our church and at our uh, leadership conference. And I said, if you're in town, we have to record a leadership lean in. So thank you so much. Yeah, for being this with is us. fun. Thank you for having me. I want to jump right in. Okay. So the first question I have for you is: you you've been around all kinds of great leaders. I know who you know. Yeah. And have been leading for how many how many decades have you been? A leader. Well, I've been been in ministry thirty six. I'm fifty six. Started at twenty, but you know, from the literally from the moment I gave my life to Jesus, got involved in the leadership of the church. I don't think wow. I've ever sat in the pews, so to wow. speak, and just. Been How old were you? Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen so years old. Forty one. Let's just say forty one years. In the, in that something though, what is it about that age? For me, it was sixteen. Yeah. There's such a crucial time of life, that 15 to 18, 19 range. Oh, yeah. They say that more than 85% of the people who choose a faith decision make it before they turn 80 or 18 some, years old. So it's a real point. pivotal time to reach someone. I think it's because you're trying to figure out your life. Yep. And, yep. of course, you're going through some identity um, crises and you know discoveries. And I think all of that is is the reason why we actually have to be very intentional about reaching that age group, so. I love that. Well, you do such motion conference and, oh. and of course, motion students, so shout out to Mark Pettis. But um, <laughs> we love you guys so much. So four decades yeah. of being around leadership, right. being a leader. What makes, in your opinion, what makes a great leader? Think about the word. Um, a leader mm. is in the lead. Great. So in other words, what leaders do is they separate themselves, not in an elitist kind of mentality, mm. but they're out front. They separate themselves from the pack. Yeah. My favorite leadership verse in the whole Bible is Daniel chapter six. Mm. Here's this Hebrew guy having this influence into this Babylonian culture that actually saw them all as slaves, as trash, you know, and, and the Bible says that Daniel distinguished himself. I love that. Among all the others by having exceptional qualities. Some one translation says an excellent spirit. Mm. So he just decided, you know, I'm in, I'm in a pile of people mm. and I'm just going to distinguish myself. I'm going to make some choices to Great. separate myself Great. from just 
the everyday and the common, and I'm going to do it. And by the way, he distinguished himself. I always like to say he wasn't distinguishing. So he didn't have natural qualities. Right. He wasn't already distinguishing. He had to distinguish himself. And I like that because I, I kind of identify with that because I don't feel like I was very distinguishing growing up. Hmm. I was very middle of the pack, probably bottom of the pack, if I'm honest, <laughs> in, in my education and my abilities. You and me both. <laughs> I mean, so, so if I was going to be a leader, I mean, you can't just be in the pile. You know, if you, you, know, if you ever see a, um, a bike race like the Tour de France, mm -hmm. there's the peloton, there's the pile. Right. But then there's a few, just a few riders out front. That's a leader. Wow. To me, that's the definition of leader. You decide yep. I'm breaking away from the pack mm. by just taking on some qualities uh, so that I can be a person of influence. I love that. Yeah. So you've been around, you know, some of the greatest leaders in the world. What's a common thread that you notice, those qualities that you notice in their life? Yeah, great question. And it's very simple is that they never stay where they are. They're mm -hmm. constantly growing, constantly learning constantly getting better but because again if you're in the pack you have to kind of outwork the pile of of riders right. in the peloton right so you got to pedal a little faster mm. to get out to be a leader to be someone who's out front you know and again we're not out front to be out front right we're out front to be an example to urge yep. people to come along you know it's it's a serving role not a, not an elitist role wow. but you still have to you know work a little harder so all the great leaders that i know they're very intentional about their personal growth yeah you know, they're just not staying with what the hand they were dealt. Yeah. Again, just, you know, this is who I am. This is what my abilities are. No, no, right. no. I'm, I can read some. I can learn some. I can ask some questions. I can go into every environment listening, mm. learning, you know, not not speaking, but asking questions. I think that's that's what I've noticed. My hero, leadership hero is John Maxwell. I mean, he's like, he's like a father to me now. We're wow. very close. And he's the greatest leadership expert some magazines say in the world jeez you go to a meal with him he asks you all the questions jeez he has the most to say <laughs> but he asks he he goes into this learning posture wow every time wow and just starts interviewing people and learning from them and talking about it and growing that's what leaders do can can you recall in your life a time like a season where you started to really take off in your leadership you started I always, I always felt like for me growing up, it was like, I can remember that window and I yeah. remember that season. What What is it about? What are some things that you did that you go, this catapulted me? Right. All of my markers, not only in my leadership, Chad, but in, in almost every area of my life mm. has a, a relationship connected to it. So it's when I met Chad Veach like this, or when I when I got around John Maxwell or when I and I think there's something to that. Right. I think the greatest, I think we'll look over our lives and the greatest markers, defining moments of our leadership and really everything else, there's relationships. And I think that's how God works, by mm. the way. Mm. Uh, and that's why I think we ought to be intentional about pursuing certain relationships. Right. Like get around the right people. Lean into them. And watch how much better your life's going to be when mm. you decide, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go be around that tribe. Right. I decided about 12 years ago that I was going to just get around the Hillsong tribe. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're, you know, they have, they have obviously some infectious worship on their, on their world and good culture. And I just, I just kind of find myself wanting to know long before I ever spoke at the conference and they invited me to, you know, I spoke at the conference last year, which wasn't the goal, but right. thank God for the, I was so grateful for the platform, but right. man, I just inserted myself yeah. 
into the relationship. You take your vacation to go to the conference. Just to learn, grow, yeah. and just to, and get, and, 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 and like you say, lean into the relationships. I was, yep. I was, I was after the services, asking questions, getting to know these, mm. these amazing, some of the most amazing people I've ever met. And, um, and I think that's, I think that's what a person should think about as they're, if they're looking for markers, defining moments to their leadership growth. It's relational. I think God builds his kingdom mm. relationally. Absolutely. And I mean, t- here's how, here's how, you know, cause no one can name the last 10 sermons they've heard. Right. But everybody can tell me 10 people who've impacted your life, good or bad. Wow. Cause your life is shaped by people yep. in relationships. Absolutely. So, um, I love that, you know, you have uh, Hills, uh, Highlands college, I almost said Hills yeah. college, Highlands college. And how many students are in your college right now? A little over 1,100, yeah. Okay, 1,100 students. Yeah. So what an opportunity, what a privilege to shape these, you know, I'll call them sponges, these people that are just like, teach me, train me. So you speak to leaders all the time. You speak to, you know, Grow Conference. I know you have thousands of pastors that lean into your leadership. I want to ask you, what's some of the best leadership advice you've received? And then what's some leadership advice you go... I know if I can get this in my grow guys or this into my college students, this bit of advice is is the essential pearl or nugget or key that I try and give. And this one that I got one time, I recall it really, this one stuck. Well, the greatest piece of leadership advice I've ever received I got from my dad, who's now in heaven, but he was my hero, best man in my wedding. Wow. I mean, just, but a very principle-centered person. Mm. And dad always says, live by principle, not by pressure. Great. Like, if you'll decide what's right ahead of time, you'll do what's right at the time. Jeez. So you're making pre-decisions. That's so good. Yeah, so you're ahead, You're before the pressure comes, yeah. you've got to know what you believe, Yeah. know what, you, what matters to you. And so dad was all about be principle centered, settle your core. He called it yep. like settle what, what the non-negotiables of your values are going to be, of your faith is going to be, your attitude toward people is, is going to be ahead of the time. Because the problem is we all, gonna, we all face pressure, Yep. but you can't make the decision in the middle of the pressure. It, it'll, it'll eat your lunch. Yep. Right. And so just being uh, a, a principle centered person. I love that. Really try to train these college college students because we know what they're headed into. We're we're going we're going to throw them into the harvest field. That's it's a lot of fun, but it's going to be some amazing challenges as well. Right. Get as many values. You know, the Bible says that that these principles are written on the tablet of our hearts. Yep. yep. Well, that means it's far beyond our heads. It's got it can't be a mindset or a skill set. It's right. got to be a value that's right. deep on the inside. I love that. Yeah. So, in in with, with your training with Highlands College, you got eleven hundred. Uh, you have eleven hundred students. You have a, a massive staff. How many? Cam- we were talking about campuses last night. Correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty two. Is that right? Twenty two right now. Twenty two yeah. right now. Tons of employees. Do you ever feel leadership pressure? Do you ever? Do you ever face that where you're oh, like, I, man, I, I don't know. This is a lot. Do you I've ever been feel over that way? my head for a decade? You know, just wait. <laughs> yeah, no. I, every day I think about that. Yeah. But but you you said something one time that stuck with me. You said um, it's hard to be stressed. Something along the lines: it's hard to to be under that pressure because you start your day with the Lord. And you gave an, an amount of hours. I won't discourage our listeners because maybe you can't get to where PC is right now. But you were like, "Hey, I spend this much time, yeah, 
sitting in peace, receiving strength. I always think the hardest job of leadership, and even in our cul-de-sac in faith, the hardest job is to receive. Yeah, that's right. But I can never give more than I receive. That's exactly right. So the greatest, the greatest challenge of leadership is receive. Most leaders think, I got to dispense, pour out, invest, give, lead, 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 lead. The hardest practice is the discipline to receive. How did you, how did you conquer that part? Because I get around you and I go, your world is massive, but you don't carry that. Yeah. You don't carry that stress or that angst or that, oh man, we got to accomplish this. Yeah. So there's two disciplines and they, they, they all start out as a discipline. So for, for those that are listening, it, it's, it's rare, rarely is it fun right off the bat. You have to make right. some decisions. I'm going to do this. Sure. And then you reap the benefit of it. And that's where all the fun comes in. But I made two, two disciplines and that I, that I would withdraw weekly. Uh, and so every day I'm going to have this, I'm going to be, I'm going to honor a, a real Sabbath, really rest. Right. I just don't think just like the tithe, you can't, you know, if you, if you try to keep the hundred percent, it's going to be less than a, a 90% where the first 10% honored God, God, right. God will multiply beyond. Yep. Well, the same is true with your time. I believe it. So we start off with like, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm not going to work. I'm going to cease from labors is what, what, what the word means. So that I, for the purposes of filling up, what a lot of people don't understand, uh, Chad, is that some people think a Sabbath is at the end of work. So you're resting from labors and you're not resting from, you're resting for. Right. Right. So it, it's at the beginning of the week, not the end. Mm. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, so I'm not, when I'm, when I'm in a, this day, day, day off, so to speak, this moment of just, I'm just going to fill my tank, my emotional tank, right. my relational tank, my physical tank. I'm doing it not from a hard week. I'm doing it for the week that's coming right. up so that. that I have something to give. Yeah. So, and then you, and then I think you have to do it for uh, daily as well. Yep. So just, I, I think if every listener would just start the day off one discipline for me, don't go digital until I've met with God. Mm. And it doesn't have to be long, actually. Right, right. It can be five or 10 minutes. It can right. be, you know, an hour sure. or whatever. And just, but, but I just, I'm not going to get connected to the day and the world and for me, it's those little red dots on my phone that says there's a message waiting. Right, or, right, yeah, right. If I, if I don't just even look at that and, mm-hmm. and spend time with the Lord. Right. And just fill the tank with his word. And right. I like to do a little planning of the day. I actually right. do a little written planner that just. That's what I'm going to do today. Think about, think about the tasks that are important today. Mm. Put them before the Lord. Take it on, man. You'll go into it with a strength. Right. So that's been my little secret. Yeah. How big is the morning? Like, let's talk about leadership. Okay. Do you know any successful person that doesn't start their day well? None. If, to me, it's it's it is the make or break of leadership. The morning is so key. It is so critical. Talk about common denominators of people we aspire Absolutely. to be like. They crush the morning. Absolutely. So what's good to do is to start off with a morning routine, like right. Just like if I did these three, four, five things mm. every morning and just just kind of create a little morning routine yep, and then just knock it out in, in a month or two. And I know that sounds like a long time. It'll become such a part of who you are. Right. You can't imagine your life without it. Right. So there might be a couple of months of discipline mm. to that routine to get it, in, you know, really into who you are. But man, it'll serve you so well. Yeah. 
I got the morning discipline when I, when I was 19. I was in Bible college, and we talked about Pastor Wayne this weekend. You know, he's made such a huge yep. impact on my life, and he developed the SOAP Bible reading plan. Yep. But that morning addiction came 19, 20, 21, and now t- even today I can't live without it because it sets me. You talk about center your core. Yep. My core is not center until I engage in it, pray. Yep. And I find I can get sideways quick. Like I, I, I can become the old me, yeah. the, the worst version of me pretty quick. I'm right in the line I, with you. I need, you know, some of that bit is, is correction. I need to be corrected. Right. This is who you're going to be, young man. <laughs> this is how you're no, going to serve people. This is going to be your mindset today. And starting the day going, hey, I want to serve people today. I want to be effective today. Give me an opportunity. Give me an appointment. Right. That, that, if I start my day with that kind of mindset, the day goes great. Yeah. Because I've dedicated it. But if not, it's just kind of like flow with the, the wind. It's a focus. See what happens. It's, it's living purposeful. Um, I want to go back to Highlands, college, arc, grow, really big world. But one of the things I love about you so much is the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. Like you, some of your key people are some of my favorite people yeah. in the whole world. And um, how, do, how do you attract that level of a leader? No, it, yeah. It, like it's amazing. You use Hillsong. It, we, we come into Hillsong culture and you go like, where do you find people like this? Yeah. Well, they've been raised up. And even for you, I come to Highlands like, where do you find people like this? These people have been with you for decades. Yeah. How do you develop the best and how do you attract the best? It's a great question. Um, I recently did a leadership talk to some leaders uh, just through the, the, the one little story in First Kings of the visit of the Queen of Sheba to Solomon. Yep. And so, of course, she had mega capacity to write the big check. You know what I'm saying? She had she she had a lot that she could add to the picture. The question is, why did she come? How did how did Solomon attract someone like her um, into his world? And I'm I'm always thinking about that. What what would make it where high capacity? I'm not even talking about like financial capacity. Mm. I'm, I'm talking about attracting leaders that have leadership capacity, high capacity. I, you can't really do what you're trying to do. Uh, in the vision that God gives you without building a great team. It's impossible. Right. And if you look at even like the people like like the Nick Sabans of the of, of, of the football world, their real ability isn't coaching, it's their ability to recruit. Right. You know, in the in the words of Coach Lou Holtz, he said, I just noticed I'm a whole lot better coach when I have good players. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and so I feel that way too. So in this story, it says it says that that the Queen of Sheba was first, she had heard about Solomon's fame and his relationship with the Lord. And I think one of the first things, Chad, that, that people are attracted in is that you're, you're in a relationship with God or you're, in a, right. a, a, you're, you're, just, you're out front. You're not in the pile. And I think people want to be around leaders who have distinguished themselves. And she heard that he was close to the Lord. And I think people are attracted to the God in us. Mm. And I think about you know even the people that are, might be listening to this, podcast today like you know as we better ourselves and get close lord you'd be surprised the number of people that are attracted to that hey tell me what you what'd you do where where'd you get that like, right you know they said they said of the disciples they they were astonished attracted to this group of disciples 
because and took note that they had been with Jesus. It's like, hey, what's up with that? I want to be around. I want to be around the people that that have been around the Lord. Yep. So I think it's the first thing. Um, but it also says in the story, it's fascinating that she noticed she was noticing the little details, like where he seated people, mm. where he seated people. Right, right. You know, she came all this way to to see where he was. People sat right. and. And, and it's this whole list of details that she noticed. And I think people are attracted to order and excellence. Yeah. I think when... Absolutely. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just... A hundred percent. When you do things well, I think it's an, it's an attractant. I, we went, I took a group of pastors to um, the Alabama uh, um, sports world, you know, the football buildings. Pachang, man. I mean, just yeah. every little detail, how they recruit, what's on the wall here. It was just way beyond impressive. And I think as they're recruiting some of the best to play football there, that's what they do. Well. There's order. There's excellence. There's, everybody knows they're going to have this discipline that comes yeah. from Coach Saban. Same thing. I just think all that's really huge. Yeah. You know, that... And don't you think, don't you think people, was it two years ago, the Eagles, you know, they won the Super Bowl mm -hmm. and they were kind of saying, you know, we've had more fun than the Patriots. One of the guys was kind of like, and I go, and I go, yeah, I don't know. I think people in the Patriots organization, fun is winning Super Bowls and they've won a lot. Yeah. You know, like you walk into Saban's world and it's like the excellence. We, we talked about Augusta, going to Augusta and that talks to you. Excellence, I always say, excellence speaks. Attracts. It speaks. Attracts. It just, it makes you want to follow in line with it. So here's this very wealthy queen wanting to be around th this, this Hebrew king, Solomon, just because of his order, is where he was seating people. Come yep. on, you know? Yep. Just the, the, the attention uh, to the very littlest of details. I think it all matters. It all matters. And you were referencing that of Daniel's life? Exactly. That's how he distinguished himself. Exactly. This is how Solomon. So what I love about leadership is it's in our control. Exactly. It, it, I never, I don't like it when, you know, leaders blame others for where they are. Right. Like it's all within me. Right. I can have a great attitude. I can get everything, get the the, the chairs in order. Exactly. The order of service exactly. makes sense. The volume's dialed. The coffee's ready. All of it matters. All of it speaks. I never, in our world, I never think one part of church speaks. Church starts in the parking lot exactly. with that attendant and the vest and that smile. It all matters. It all matters. And that's that's what I do love about leadership. And I feel like if you can really dial that in, I know it's a cheesy saying, but the separations and the preparation. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about preparation, but failing to prepare is preparing to fail. 100%. When you are prepared and you are looking at, um, this is another little quote, but if you're not deliberate, you're always default. Yeah. That's just the reality. If I default yeah. into normal, this wishy-washy, there's no result. If I live deliberate, intentional with my money, time, treasure, talent, with my gift, exactly, just, I watch it take off. And it's worth mentioning to those listening, like, okay, where's my starting point? Mm. Right with what you have right now. Yep. So, you know, Jesus said, be faithful in the little, thing, little things. You'll be put in charge of more things. Yep. So that's the starting point. <laughs> if mm. anyone's wondering, okay, well, you guys have big churches though. And so I don't know where to, where to go. Well, that's yep. where you start. It's just, mm. I mean, it's the floorboard of your car. Hello. I love it's, that. It's your, it's, it's, it's your closet neat. I mean, why would God give you more if you can't handle what you have? So if you want to, you can actually start this excellence exercise 
even with the little things that you have right now and and watch the god of the universe kick in and go okay that's where you're gonna be here's a little more here's a little more and that's really honestly chad that's been my story love that and i'm not trying to have some kind of false humility but i literally started with (laughs) about the bottom of the pack is there you know could be i was literally at the bottom of the totem pole on anything that people were looking for in a leader and just decided i I need to take this journey you know jeez and the stewardship of it exactly let me ask you this so you know you you have everything in order and the excellence piece and then you attract the best why do most leaders lose the best what do you have to have within your core yeah to keep because you've had the best with you and i always think the hardest part for most leaders when they're leading greatness is to create a massive ceiling right like one of the questions i always ask for us here in our context here in los angeles is am i creating a space where everyone can flourish right like i don't want to create a space where it's like if you fit within our little frame you're going to do well but once you surpass us you're going to have to go how do you create a world where the people around you there the greatness that is around you still has a huge ceiling two things come to mind first is if i could wave the magic wand and, and bless most pastors and leaders with one quality it would just be be secure I think insecurity, and that speaks to our past, some things that we still need to settle once and for all, leaves us grabbing when we should be releasing. Mm-hmm. So people feel constricted. I see a lot of time people not staying for very long just because of that leader's insecurity. Mm. Every time you're insecure, if I felt like I was going to fall out of this chair, I'd grab the table. Mm-hmm. Anytime you feel like you're insecure, you're going to grab a hold of something. Mm-hmm. When really, as leaders, we have to live our lives open-handed. And it, the word is empowering. Yep, I, I think that. the more you empower leaders, the more they want to stay with you. Because they, what they want to be is they want to be in the game. They want to they play a role in the game, but they want to be on a winning team that's it and that's what i i'm always thinking about for my team that you know because i do think that speaks probably one of the best things that i want to be the story is that there was longevity and yeah and these guys were you know uh, just just, there was very little staff turnover unless it was god that was sending them out to do something else which that's that's perfectly fine as well but i just think it's i think it's huge to create this empowering Mm. environment so the the only thing i think about because after the security issue is then add value. Mm. Always add value. What what can I do? You know, we're in a conference right now at, at Zoe. I think what I think is remarkable. I think it's a brilliant idea. Honestly, you call it the us conference. Yeah. But what it says is, you know, I'm not just out here to reach the millions of LA pouring into you. I'm going to take, take a whole weekend, just pouring. Yeah. I'm going to pour into us. And I think that that's, that's what builds great leadership and cultures yeah. and environments is that I'm, I'm constantly adding value to you and, your, and to who you are. And anyway, I think that's, I think that's key. It's huge. That, and, and I see you doing that all the time. You, the guys that are with you, you didn't add, I think one of the hard things for a lot of leaders, not just the insecurity, security piece, but I think people that have been there for a long time, the new, everybody loves the new toy. Right. Everybody loves the new disciple. So it's like we we had the five, 10 years where we were really invested in you and then now you're you should be good. You don't need a compliment or you don't need a, so a meal. You don't need you're you should be fine. And then people, it's like hey, we're all humans. Part of leadership, I think, is just understand that every person has the human need. Absolutely. No one is exempt from needing a compliment. No one is exempt from needing encouragement. No like 
hospital visit. Jesus needed it. <laughs> Jesus needed it. You right. got the father twice. You know, of course, we know Jesus and the father were talking every day, right? Time. We only get two conversations recorded in scripture. So think of that, first mm-hmm. of all. They're talking every day, but twice the Holy Spirit allows us in on the conversation between the two. It's at the baptism. Mm-hmm. It's at the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Conversation's the exact same thing. Now, here's Jesus, who's perfect, holy, God himself. And here's God the Father saying three things to him twice. You're my son. I love you. I'm pleased with you. Everybody needs acceptance, affection, affirmation, even Jesus. Wow. And, and it's a great framework if people Jeez. are looking for a leadership framework. By the way, uh, Inc. Magazine did an article on, on what creates employee loyalty. Hmm. They named three things, go figure. <laughs> and they, re- they matched exactly to these three principles. Wow. That they want to feel like they're a part of a team, a family. You're my son. Jeez. They want the feeling of, I belong. I'm not just an employee. I'm in the family. Yeah. I'm on the team. I am, I am Zoe Church. I, I am, you know, I, they want to be a part of something. Secondly, they, everybody needs affection, and then it doesn't have to get mushy and gooey, right, and, right, right. but it needs to be real. Like, right. I, I care for you. So you cool. matter. Your opinion matters. Your voice matters. Mm-hmm. Anytime I go into a meeting with my leaders, I always think I know the answer to everything when I go, <laughs> when I go into it, but I've disciplined myself to say, hey, tell me what you think. Wow. Hey, I'm trying to, I'm try, I want to do this, but what do you think we should do? And every time you do that, you're saying, I value you. I love you. You're my son and whom I love, and I'm well pleased. Hey, by the way, good job. Wow. High five. You notice a lot of times the, in the New Testament, the, 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 these letters that Paul wrote end with shout-outs. Yeah. Like, like in Romans, it's like a whole chapter. Shout yeah. out. And it's all these Greek names like, you know, right. Eucalyptus and Demis. Platypus. And <laughs> <laughs> it's all these, yeah, Demas. Like He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, so-and-so brought me my blanket. Good yeah. job. You know, yeah. so, but, but, but he took the time wow. to give shout outs. It's what every leader needs, totally. regardless. If Jesus needed it, every, every person in our That's organization so needs, needs acceptance, mm. affection, affirmation you've built your your whole church on this thought we 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 use this um i had never heard anyone say this before people need to feel known and needed absolutely and and you're proving it right there every person needs to feel yeah it's how we've closed the back door we're very good at attracting people to come to church Mm. and most honestly most churches today are good good at that yeah because we've learned how to do it better on sunday yeah honestly but it, it, there's a different skill set required to keep them. Yeah. So once they come, they come for one reason, but they stay for a different reasons. That's the truth. And they stay for needed and known. The relationship. Absolutely. The relationship always. That is so powerful. I want to uh, transition to systems. Okay. Because you, you, are, you are known, everyone knows you as, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> you are known as the systems guy, the systems <laughs> guru. You know, like when we started our church, I, I don't know if you heard me saying this uh, earlier today, but we wanted to study Hillsong for culture and and all of your systems. And, and I mean that, the systems of right. growth track, uh, the mission, know God, find freedom, discover your gift, make a difference. So you've been able to even look at scripture right. and see systems. How? When did you first figure out, I'm really good at systems? Well, let me define it first. Yeah. A system is just the, the, the thing you've created to deliver the vision. 
Great. So we all have a vision to do things. Mm. You have a vision to go somewhere. You're going to go shopping. You're going to put together a set of systems to get you there. You're going to mm. wake up, get in the shower, brush your teeth, right. get in the car, drive. Okay. So what? So really, truth be known, what I'm trying to say is, Chad, everybody has systems. Whether you know it or the not. The question is, do they work or not? <laughs> and honestly, the reason why I got on this is because the church world is notorious for having a vision, but they've created systems that are never going to deliver it. Yep. Yep. They've, they've, they've gotten stuck in a pattern that's never going to deliver this. Mm. And I got really impacted by uh, this book called The E-Myth mm. um, by Michael Gerber. And it's one of probably the top, at least probably top 10 books that have impacted my life. And his thesis is the E stands for entrepreneurial. Mm. And the entrepreneurial myth is if you make a good product, you'll have a great business. And that's a lie. Yeah. You can make the best you can make the best hamburger in the world and not have the best hamburger franchise. Right. Because it's not the product that ensures the success. That's great. It's the delivery of the product yep. that ensures the success. Yep. And so you can't just think about your vision or your preaching or your mm -hmm. whatever it is you do. If you can't deliver it, yep. then it, it doesn't get done. Probably the best thing we do at, at Highlands isn't the product. It's not my preaching. It's not, it's that we move people. We, we like, we can move people toward those things. It's the system. And the case study in the book is McDonald's, mm. you know, <laughs> no one has, no one ever said this is the best hamburger I've ever had in my life, Yeah, no. but they're the largest hamburger franchise. Why? Because the genius of the organization wasn't the product. Mm. It was the deliveries. It's the five cash registers so we can do it fast. It's the, it's the, um, it's the, the drive-through, the, the playground, the Happy Meal. They were always thinking about how to deliver it. And so I think what I encourage people to do is, you know, you have a vision for your life. Yep. You have a vision for your marriage. You have a vision to have great kids. That's fine. It doesn't matter, though. doesn't matter. Oh, I'm a good dad. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. If you can't deliver a good dad, yeah. so you have to create systems. So I'm going to spend two nights a week with my kids. That's oh, okay. Well, that's a system that's going to deliver the vision. Mm. Or I'm going to have a great marriage. But this really doesn't matter, honestly, unless you have a system that's going to deliver that. that so my great. wife and I have been married 33 years, and there has been probably on one hand the number of Mondays over 33 years that we've missed a date night. Wow. Because I'm going to look her in the eye and keep this marriage. System. Throw another log on the fire, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah. Because so that's what, so that's, I enjoy getting around leaders and saying, okay, fine. Here's your vision. Let's mm. figure out how to deliver it. Let's, let's figure great. out how to put together some things to actually accomplish it. So that's what we love to do. What have been some of the systems? We all have them. What you can look back in your life and go, these four or five have saved my life. You talking the, about personally or personal? Personal. Personal. Personal systems, you go, I set these up in my life. These have made me who I am today. Well, again, one of the, one of the systems that, that we've already talked about is, is conquering your mornings. Okay, so morning. You've got to conquer that. Yep. Once you, but, but you have to put in place a set of systems. I'm going you know, to get a cup of coffee and go straight. For me, yep. it's, I get a cup of coffee and go straight to the Bible. I want, I, I'm, I'm too tired to even pray. I just want to yep. hear God's word. So, but, but it's really not about reading the Bible. It's about you know, spending time with God and conquering yep. my morning. I'm yep. using this. So that's a system. So, um, yeah. So I have them in my marriage and my, the ones that really mattered to me were in my marriage and with my, my children. Okay. Because I couldn't just want it and value it. Mm. I had to set something up that I was going to call holy. 
Yep. And then don't break it. So give me one with your kids. Like what? What is? Well, we had a we had a dedicated. It was it changed as their ages changed. So sure. So there were different systems. Read read the season. Yeah. So so but but in the when they were in grade school, I mean, it was that we were gonna make time for each other. That was number one, and we were gonna have dedicated nights of the week that were just family nights. So period. I was I was same thing for you know Saturdays. We we did almost everything together on a Saturday, and I was gonna measure its success, Chad, by. When they're grown, would they want and don't have to be with me? Would they still choose to? Wow, that's great. <laughs> and here we are, and we're now on the other side, and that's 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 become the reality now. I mean, they'll call us on Friday nights. Hey, mom, dad, what do you what are you guys doing? We're going to come over with all you know Saturday. Yeah, same thing. And so wow, yeah, but it's because we had those things in place, and it's yep. so, it's really just ordering your life, you know, yep. and yeah. With anything that matters. What about system, financial systems? I, I think you you are one of my favorite people to listen to talk to about finances. What about financial systems? What yeah. are some key key systems there? Three, th- just three. One is always honor God first. Okay. So to me, the tithe is not so much an amount principle as it is an order principle. Mm. So it's not even ten percent. It's the first. 10%. I love that. So I want to honor God first. So, yep. so I mean, I've been a Christian forty one years. And I give to God first. We literally, there's a spending freeze once I once we get paid until we've honored God first. We can't do anything else that's first. That's a that's a system that now at 41 years later, I'm reaping the benefits of the thing. The second is margin. Mm. Proverbs 21, 20. In the house of the wise person, there are yep. stores of choice food and oil. This fool spends all that he has. Yep. So I'm never going to bring it to the limit. I'm going to create margin. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to set my standard of living not based on <laughs> what's left, but I'm going to create it with a little margin. Great. So because bad days come, you know, you get it's going to come. So you got to have a little margin in your life. And the third is just budgeting. I know people don't like that word, <laughs> right? But it's but it's giving every dollar a name. That's it. I love that. Just give every dollar a name. That's tell, so easy. Giving every dollar a name. Yeah. Just tell it where it can go. And just create, create, you know, create some some road signs and some guidelines for your life, and 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 God honors it. I mean, oh, absolutely, God honors it because it is the stewardship thing, absolutely. And if you don't, I find, you know, one of my favorite scriptures: "Money has wings like an eagle, fly away." It'll just if you don't tell it where to go, it'll find a place oh, yeah. to go. Everybody in the world has has a vision for your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all they competing for it all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, this month's top five, I want to give you top five thoughts on how to lead people. Some questions that I think that you need to ask yourself. Now, remember, our job is to get people to the next level. How do you serve and help people get to the place that without you, they couldn't have got there themselves? I love that usually you'll find this in leadership, that when you go to the next level, there's always a relationship that's attached to that. It's always when you met that person, became friends with them, got under their leadership, it's always people that help you get to the next place. So I want to talk about how do you serve people? And here's some questions when it comes to leading people. Here's the first one. I love this thought. How do I make people feel? It's that old saying, people could care less about what you know until they know how much you care. Great question to ask yourself in leadership. How do I make people feel? Do I make people feel welcomed, invited, believed in, championed, or do I make people feel threatened, small, 
inferior, unwelcomed, unappreciated. Like the greatest ability that you might have is not your gifts and your talents, but it's the presence that you bring. It's the ability to say, you know, I want to make people feel like they're known, they're needed, they're cherished, and they're valued. You got to ask yourself, what am I, what kind of energy am I putting out? And do I allow people to feel like they're believed in when they're around me? Number two, is this their fault or is it my fault? Like the people that I'm leading, I've got to see where they're at and go, is it my fault that they're frustrated? Maybe I haven't leaned in to help identify the issues in their leadership. Maybe I've neglected and haven't helped identify what they really need to grow in. Is it their fault or is it my fault? Most of the times that I'm frustrated with my leadership, it's because I haven't stepped up to be the leader that other people need. Sometimes it is on the other person. They're not being responsible they're not a self-starter, they don't have the character in this season that we need on the team, sometimes on them, but it's always great to start with you. Is this my fault? Where have I failed? And start taking ownership first so that you can help people get to their next level. Number three, is this a common reoccurrence? I love this thought. Is this a common reoccurrence is basically saying, I notice that we keep on hitting these lids. We keep on having these emotional outbursts. We keep on going through the same scenarios. This person, it's telling me maybe they need to uh, see a counselor. Maybe they need to fix this issue. Maybe this is a common reoccurrence in my leadership. I always say, I have all kinds of grace for a first-time failure. But if it's a repeated offense, then we got to start to look a little bit closer and go, wait a second, uh, this is the same thing that happened three months ago, and now it's happened again. So is this, is this now a character flaw? When it comes to serving people, I'm always looking for the trends in their leadership, the trends in their life, because it helps me really understand who they really are. Sometimes people have trends in their personality and their leadership and they don't even realize it. I've got to ask myself, is what I'm experiencing right now with this person, have I experienced it before? And even in my own leadership, uh, the way that I'm reacting to this reminds me of three, four years ago, I dealt with something similar as bringing out that same thing that tells me I didn't conquer it, I didn't accomplish it. I've got to go back and I've got to figure out what that broken thing is in me so I don't keep going around the same mountain over and over again. Number four, how can I continue to make people feel known and needed? It's a great question to ask yourself in your leadership. How can I continue? A lot of times what happens is you get a new leader on the team, new person on the bus, and it's like everybody loves the new Everybody loves the new friend, the new, the new employee, the new, the new buddy, new marriage. The only problem is, is that things don't stay new. And after a while, you got to challenge your leadership and go, do I still make people feel special? Do I still make people feel like we know you and we need you years into leadership? I always think it says so much about you if you have longevity of relationship. If all of the relationships around you are new and you look behind you and you've got, you know, break up, broken, this isn't good, a term I would use, blood in the water behind you, 
It's not a good sign. So you got to challenge yourself. How do I continue to keep relationships flourishing and friendships fresh in my organization after 10 years? How do I continually make people feel known and needed? Here's the last one. Number five, who I serve, are they getting my most and my best? I love this challenge. The people, listen, the people that are under your leadership, they are not there to serve you. You are there to serve them. And the people, it's a great thought. Whoever works hard for us, we work hard for them. So you're actually called to serve them. So the people that are with you, so I always get challenged with this. Are they getting my best and my most? Sometimes in leadership, the people on the outside get the best and the most and yet the people on the core team. This happens with families where you see a CEO or you see a pastor, you see a great leader, and the world is getting their best, and then they come home and they give leftovers. No, no, no. The people that are closest to us on our teams, in our families, are they getting our best and are they getting our most? It's a great challenge and a great Great question, great, a great question to ask yourself as you're leading it. Again, there's just five thoughts on leading people. I'm hoping that out of this top five, you challenge yourself. Don't make it about others. Well, what's wrong with them? Why aren't they? Make it about yourself and ask yourself the tough questions so you can become the leader that you're called to be. All right, let's go back to Pastor Chris Hodges this month's Leadership Lean In. But I, I, I love that thought and I love that idea about systems. I want to say thank you for being the leader that you are. You. There's a reason why I say all of us, our crew flies down to Birmingham to get whatever time you'll give us because leaning into your leadership has changed my life. Yeah, thank you. So thank you for the influence that you have on so many, but sincerely, thank you for the influence that you have on my life. I'm, I'm watching and learning so much. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Love thanks you so tons. Much. Love you, man.